Hello everyone, my name is Alicia and welcome to Luck Be a Soldier, a podcast where my father, Major General Ali Kiza, is going to relate to us stories from his time as an active member of Uganda's military. Joining the Air Force in 1966, he has quite literally been present for most of independent Uganda's military history so far. From violent changes of government in the 1970s to the tactical hostage rescue at Entebbe Airport by commanders of the Israel Defense Forces, my personal favorite story. He has been around for it all, and he is, in my opinion, the luckiest of soldiers to have been a first-hand witness and survived all of those events. So, before we get into all those juicy stories, in our first episode, I would like us to get to know our soldier and how he became one. So, hello, Dad. Hello, young lady. Introduce yourself to us, please. I'm Major General Ali Kiza. I joined the military in 1966, and I've held various positions in the military. I've been a commander of the Air Force. I've been a deputy commander of the Air Force, pilot for several presidents, both Ugandan and other countries. I was a commander of the MiG-21 squadron. I was the officer in charge of training in the Air Force. I was an adjutant, normally known as admin officer of the Air Force. And um, I do, I've done other duties as specified by my bosses. Just to begin the conversation, what has been your favorite position you've held? Of course, my favorite position I've held is flying the presidents because I've seen so many countries, so many different cultures around the world, and uh, it is my favorite. Is there a country that you've never been to in the world? There are some countries I've not been to, but I've been in all continents except the Antarctic. Let's begin by knowing a little more about your background. So you were born October 27, 1944. You were born in Masindi. I was born in Masindi Hospital in 1944, although my birth was uh, not good for my mother because uh, she was taken in a, a hunting net from our home in Kigulia at the hill called Kigulia, about three to four kilometers from us in town, and uh, taken to the hospital where I was delivered in the evening of that day. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> On a Friday evening in 1944. Yes. And then let's just go to when you started school. I started school a bit late. In those days, uh, school, most people started school late. But uh, there's one year which I missed, which I should not have missed. But I missed it because there were few schools in those days and few classes. I was taken to a school, Kamurasi Primary School, and the headmaster thought I was uh, small and I should not, uh, I should wait for one year. My father was a bit influential. He went to the district education officer who was a British guy at that time. The British guy drove us to this back to the headmaster, but the headmaster refused and uh, he gave us a, a position for the following year. Sorry about that. At least you caught up with your other friends, your other classmates. Yeah, well, why I don't regret, I, I, I don't know what course I would have taken if I had had one year earlier in my advancement in school. Okay. Because uh, each time has different episodes it brings into people's lives. So where did you go to secondary school? Uh, secondary school, I went to Cavalega Kaval- Secondary School now. Then it was called Masin Secondary School, which is also in Masin Town, Masin Municipality. 
So you joined the army in the Air Force. Should I say the Air Force or the Army? Well, the Army and the Air Force in Uganda are literally the same. And I joined the Air Force in quotation, but we were training really in the Army. We trained all the basics of a soldier. That was in 1966 when you were 22. 1966. When I was 21 and I became 22 while I was uh, already a soldier. When did you finish secondary school? In 1965. So how did you join the Air Force? I joined the Air Force an accidental way. The public service used to send different government officials to recruit uh, secondary school students to join the public service. And the military was one of those public service ministries. The school put a poster that uh, the Minister of Defense was coming to Masin Secondary School to recruit soldiers, try and recruit soldiers, or to tell us about the military. But I was not interested, so I never signed up. Up to attend. What did you want to be before you joined the Air Force? What did you want to be when you were growing up? When I was growing up, I wanted to be a lawyer. You have the most calm personality. I don't see you as a lawyer. You're not argumentative or anything like that. Yeah, but, but I can reason. That's what I, I think I, I am able to reason. I may not be argumentative, but I can reason. Now, if uh, I cannot be, if you think I'm calm and I cannot, I cannot be a lawyer, but how can I be a soldier then? <laughs> That's what still baffles me because you're definitely not like other soldiers. And we'll get into that in other podcasts. But you do not have a militant personality. No, but... <laughs> I don't have a militant personality. So you wanted to be a lawyer and you didn't want to be a soldier. But then these people came to your school? These people came to our school and they were taken in the dining hall, which was also used as our entertainment hall. And the officers from Mbuya at that time, which was the army headquarters, came in their cars and they were, you know, driving with the flags on. And so we saw them, they parked and they went into the dining and they start talking to the soldier. But for one reason or another, I was going to pick something across the dining. Then as I was passing, I had the officer in charge talking of joining the Air Force. When I had the Air Force to fly, that interested me. And I dropped what I was going to do and I jumped into the dining hall and listened to what was going on. I think that goes very well with the theme of this podcast about you being a lucky person. Because if you hadn't walked by at that exact moment, you maybe would have never heard about opportunities to fly when you joined the army and your life could have turned out very different. You're lucky in that aspect that you did walk by at the exact right moment for you to hear that. That's very true. My life would have been a different, would have taken a different course and I uh, do not be what I am today. So when you heard them speaking about that, what exactly did you hear that caught your attention? Well, flying, I, I, I was, uh, I, fo- I thought flying was a uh, an exotic occupation. I had never flown, but I, the closest I had been on a, a, to an aircraft, when we were in primary school, an aircraft came to land in Masindi airfield, which is about 10 kilometers from Masin town. But the pilot, I guess, didn't know exactly where it was. And uh, near our school, about two or three kilometers, there was a shooting range on the hills, and not very far from my home. This pilot saw a long strip, mm-hmm. and he went and landed on this long strip. This was the last day of our school, of our school term, so all students rushed and went to see this aircraft. 
We looked at it, we admired, uh, we couldn't believe it. what was we had seen in the air is here on the ground. So it fascinated me. And that's how I think I got interested in flying. So then you heard these soldiers talk about being able to fly when you joined the army. Did you sign up that day? Did you take time to think about it? Well, that day they had come with the, uh, I think their blue or green lead papers of uh, public service. And uh, we filled in those who were inside and who wanted to join. We filled in those public fa- service forms and they went back with them to their headquarters. Did you feel in specifically that you wanted to join the Air Force? Did I? Feel in specifically that you wanted to join the yes, Air Force? Yes, yes, yes. So you didn't just say Army, it said Air Force or I said Navy? Air Force. I said to, uh, to, to join the Air Force, yes. So what happened next? After you filled in those forms? After filling in the forms, uh, we waited uh, until our results came back the following year. Because that year we sat our secondary certificate. We waited the following uh, year, maybe around February, the results came back. When the results came back... You had passed, of course. I had passed. I had passed. Then uh, the government put uh, an announcement both in the papers and on the government radio, which was the only one that time, calling uh, those people who had applied to go to Mbuya in the army headquarters and uh, do an interview in uh, April. Actually, to be specific, to be, do an interview on April 6 <laughs> of, tw- of 1966. Then uh, we went to Kampala. I, I went to Kampala and I stayed with a friend somewhere in Impigi and... Uh, the following day went, we were there at 7 o'clock, and uh, the journey started there. What did you first start training in? Training, the, the first training, when we joined was, uh, before doing anything else, we first did an aptitude test by the Israeli Air Force in Jinja. Israel plays a big part in your military career. Well, the, the Israel who did the, the first one would be uh, Mr. Rich, Captain Rishvi because he was the first pilot I flew with. And uh, the next one is uh, Moshe Badichi who, was, who trained me on flying uh, passenger aircraft. Who's still your friend to this who's day? Still, yes, yes. We are family friend now. Yes. Up to today. You are going through basic training for the army. How was that? Uh, after doing our first aptitude test, I can say we did it on a Tuesday after Easter Monday. You have a very good memory, Dan. Yes. <laughs> well, that's why you are where you are today. Then uh, they came with the, with the exams to Entebbe. They were living in Entebbe, were staying in Ginger. And uh, on Friday... They came back with the results, and uh, they selected those who they thought would be pilots, those whom they thought would be technicians, and those whom they thought would not should not be in the air force at all. And those who were escorted out of the barracks immediately. Did they still join the army? Were they still considered to be part of the army, or were they done? Was their military career over that day? Those were they were done. They they left. They were escorted out of the barracks because of failing the aptitude test. Yes. And does the whole, was that at that time, everyone in the army, even if it wasn't just the Air Force, did they all have to do aptitude tests? No. Aptitude tests was specifically for Air Force people. And they wanted to do it at the beginning so that uh, they, they don't, out. yeah, they weed out uh, people who may not be able to succeed. So you were chosen to be a pilot? Yes. I was and ju- to just, pilot. just to know, did the people who have the best scores on the aptitude test become pilots? 
and then the second scores become technicians or did it depend on the questions you answered how the, you answered the question how did that work well those who have done up to test up to test is uh, as many things which can uh, derail you in uh, this up to test there was uh, an explanation you have to read the, exp- the explanation better and understand it better even than the question explanation was do as many questions as you can any question you pass you'll get a mark but any question you fail they will deduct from the mark you've already got so when uh, after doing the test when we came out i could see people say i did everything i did everything and i was very depressed because i had not done everything and uh, i was sure i was going to fail but uh, unfortunately or fortunately for me rather and unfortunately for unfortunate for those people they failed because they did everything but they didn't follow the instructions and they failed and they passed so the takeaway is always read the instructions and follow the instructions that's right in life okay so then you were chosen to become a pilot which you wanted to be in the first place and then no. what happened after that after the up to test the instructors found out that uh, we were very few who had passed the israelis so they said this is a very small group well, I think about 12, they said, uh, we cannot teach, start a class of 12, because that means we may end up with three or four mm-hmm. at the end. So they immediately made an, uh, told, him, told the Minister of Defense, who went ahead and made an announcement for a new recruitment a month after. And uh, this group was recruited. It might have been less than a month, but it was recruited. They came and went through what we had already gone through. Those who passed joined us so that we could make a, a bit bigger group. Do you remember any of the other people who passed their names and joined the Air Force with you at oh, that time in 1966? Yeah, I remember some and uh, men have died, but I remember Captain Kasami John. Who's still your neighbor to this day? Yes, he's my friend. Captain Late Colonel Babula, Major Mudola, Lieutenant Colonel Mudola, who became an MP at one time, he's still alive. And uh, several others. So take us through the training. That was your first time on a plane when you joined the Air Force, right? Now, before we go to the flying, after the, sorry, not after training, after uh, doing the aptitude test, mm-hmm. and the second group which came also doing the aptitude test, we were taken into class. And we were still civilians with no military number, but uh, we had one overall which they had given us to put on. And we stayed in that overall every day. When you wash it, you put on your clo- your civilian clothes. And uh, when we did the class, they did, we did a test again. Of course, tests after doing the classes about flying. And uh, a few people could not make it again to to become uh, to, to go on training as pilots. So those were relegated to become technicians if they wanted. All right. If not, then they were out of the military? If not, they were out of the military, yes. Then after the training, when they selected the, gr- the group, we were 20-something, we started flying at Kimaka Airfield in Jinja. Is it still there today? Yes, Kimaka Airfield is still there today, and the people still fly. They are small aircrafts. And uh, we started with the flying on the Piper Super Cub, a small American aircraft, which was older than us. Who brought these aircrafts, the British? The aircraft were brought by the Israeli Air Force. Israel is one, everything we did training was by Israeli Air Force. Anything to do with the flying 
was the Israeli Air Force. So they brought the Piper Super Cub, they brought the jets we were, they brought, brought the transport aircrafts we had, and uh, their work was to train Ugandans. Who brought these Israelis, the government at that time? Who, who was the president at that time? In well, the, the, who brought the Israelis? It was the Uganda government. The Uganda government at that time had a president who was the Kabaka of Uganda and the prime minister who was the executive prime minister really who had the, the powers, the powers um, Milton Obote. Until the time we just joined like this is when the Kabaka was removed as president and uh, we became uh, public mm-hmm. and Milton Obote became the president. So that time it was Milton Obote the president. He brought the Israelis. They were already in. Okay. But uh, he brought in, he, he, he participated in bringing them in. So take us through the training at that time in 1966, everything, how you felt, what you were thinking, you know, having your dream come true, flying planes. Well, I don't know whether it, I could think at that time my dream had come through because they were telling us this is just the beginning, which was true because still many people uh, failed. The first day we went flying, the first that time I went flying because uh, maybe some people didn't fly that very first day. We d- we did when we, we took off in Jinja towards the Jinja town. I could see everything different. Then uh, I started the, the 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 captain started turning Captain uh, Rishpi to the right. I I didn't want to turn. I wanted to remain stand uh, straight to the horizon. Mm-hmm. Then he told me, no, if the aircraft turns, you turn with it. <laughs> you don't uh, stay steady. So I, I followed his instructions. We flew around about uh, a few minutes just to familiarize. And we came back and landed. And everybody went through that. That was our first day of, of real flying. Mm-hmm. And each person was uh, supposed to do 10 flights maximum to be qualified now to become a trainee. We are still not yet trainees. We're just under test. Were you doing other military training, like learning how to use guns, learning how to... I don't know what else they did in the military. (laughs) You know how they say you learn how to make a bed with the army sign? (laughs) You know how they say stuff like that. Were you learning how to do all of that? No, by this time we were not learning to do all this because we were still not military yet. Although we were staying in the military barracks, we were eating military food. We had this one overall which we put on every day and wash it at night, but we were not soldiers. Although, to give you something which happened at the time we joined, the central government is when it attacked uh, the Kabaka government in Lubiri. And when they attacked the Lubiri, we were civilian in the barracks. Most soldiers came out to go to fight, and we remained in the barracks, and they were given, they gave us pangas, machetes, to guard the barracks in our overalls. <laughs> And uh, so at night we would be there guarding. We didn't know even what guarding was, but we happened to be there. So how did you go from that stage of being a trainee to joining the Air Force? We were, we were being trained to be in the Air Force. That's why we are not being given a, a number in the Army or to be trained in the Army yet. We are not training in the Army yet uh, to be soldiers. We were doing a test. This was all part of a test now to know whether you are able to go and fly. These 10 flights, I'm telling you, they were part of a test. 
Okay. Yeah. Then after you did the 10 flights, you passed to the test, and then you were considered part of the military? When we did the f- first flight, I was uh, very lucky. On the sixth flight, after coming back from training, my, my captain, instructor, Captain Rispy, told me, Ali, this is your last flight. I was shocked. I said, but I, I've just done a sixth flight. You thought you had failed? Yes. But then after saying that, he said, but uh, tomorrow you come to the airport, airfield and maybe help others. Because you are that good. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, following uh, about two weeks, I was just coming to the airport because I didn't know even how to help them. And uh, if they asked me something, I would tell them if I knew. After the, at the end of the 10 flight, some people were told, no, you cannot be a pilot. So you go become a, a technician or you can go home. So some people left. I had one of my OBs who was, uh, was called Mr. Tabong. He was uh, ahead of me in school, but he had come to join at, at the time we were joining. And for him, he said he's, he came only to be a pilot. He's not going to be a technician. And he left. And many others left. How many of you passed? Well, we came around, we remained about, uh, I think, 20 or something like that. Out of how many? Do you remember how many? Uh, We might have been between 25 and 30. So a few failed at this stage. Okay, that was a good number to stay. Out of 30, you stayed 20. And then what happened next after that? After we passed uh, that stage, now we, we were put, sent out to the military. We, in Jinja, we stayed in Jinja. We were given army numbers, and we were given uniform, everything a soldier needs, and we started our crew training as soldiers. How to use a gun and... How a soldier, an infantry soldier, is trained is how we were trained. <laughs> we don't know how an infantry soldier infantry, is trained. Infantry soldier is uh, trained to fight, is trained. Uh, what you were talking earlier about uh, how to make your bed, how to be clean, uh, everything as an infantry soldier d- does, we went through all that. Then when you finished that, what was the next as an Air Force man? When we finished that, we became uh, uh, officer cadets, which means now we are no more an ordinary soldier like a private. When you're training, you're a private, so what they call a private, first rank in the Army. When we finished the training after th- three months, we became uh, officer cadets. Officer cadets, you put on uh, white pips on your shoulder or epaulets. And um, then we started training. Uh, we were moved from Jinja to Entebbe. When we came to Entebbe, we got uh, a school. We started uh, training in class in Katawi Barracks. Still by the Israelis? Yes, now we were with Israelis, of course. When we were doing the uh, infantry training, we were not with the Israelis. We were with purely Ugandan soldiers. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when we came to Entebbe, then we started with the Israelis uh, uh, training in class. They were also using even outsiders, like training meteorology. They would get somebody from the airport, somebody who knows about, who works in the meteorological department. Mathematics, they would get teachers from Kisubi Secondary School, mathematics, physics. But all these were foreigners whom they were bringing in. There was only one Ugandan called Mr. Kiwanuka who came to teach us. He was a teacher in Kisubi, and he came to teach us, I think, either mathematics or physics. 
So how long did you train to become a pilot in the Air Force? It took us uh, two years. And in those two years, you were officer cadet the whole time? Yeah, we were officer cadets. So we trained on these uh, uh, small planes. We would do training in uh, ginger. We were going to ginger every morning in our planes and uh, do the flying there and uh, come back in the evening and then do other things, uh, extracurricular things like sports and things like that. Did you enjoy your time as an officer cadet training to be part of the Air Force? Oh, yeah. It, we, it, it was very enjoyable because uh, we knew now we were at least progressing in, the, in what would become uh, would make us a, a real pilot. And uh, the, for the two years, we enjoyed. Were you in the Air Force for the flying or were you at some point, did you think that, okay, this is also good because I'm serving my country, I'm serving a new Uganda? Because at that time, Uganda was like four years old. So were you thinking about that or were you just purely there for the flying? Well, I was there for service and flying because uh, once you join the military, you know you are there for uh, public service. So we were there for the defense of the country, but defending it in a, a, a glamorous uh, position whereby you were pilot and, uh, you know, we were the first big group of Ugandans to be pilots or pilot cadets at that time. So everybody admired, you know, to see pilots in our nice Air Force uniform. <laughs> wherever we pass people you know those are pilots mommy actually said that she she is from Entebbe my mother is from Entebbe and she said that she loved seeing she didn't know you at that time but she said that she loved seeing the pilots walking around in their overalls and their aviator glasses and that you all looked so cool so you were proud of yourself that you had reached that level yes that was uh, our level. We 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 were very smart for you know at that time, very smart, and uh, a few select people and uh, everybody really admired us. We had stages even in the, after this. We had stages when we started the training after the classroom for uh, which we did for a few months. We started now real flying. After flying for some time, then they selected again those who do go to military jets. And those who do go to maybe transport, small transport aircrafts. And I was lucky I was still selected to go to the military jets. Okay, so in the next episode, you're going to tell us about some experiences, some fun, wild, scary experiences you went through as a, a fighter pilot. I can call you a fighter pilot. Yes, I'm a fighter, a fighter pilot, trained fighter pilot. So you'll tell us some of those experiences in the next episode. So we'll end here today. And thank you so much for listening to us. I hope you enjoy more stories coming from Ali Muhammad Kiza, Major General. And we'll see you next time. Bye.